Oh, welcome everybody to Kristen Clark Unmasked. And with me today is somebody so, so special to my heart. Her name is Kirsten, because, you know, we just have the best names. <laughs> I know, Kirsten Farella. And she is the owner of the Advantage Group, and um, which I never even knew until a moment ago when I looked it up. <laughs> I just knew she was a real estate agent and I looked it up and I was like, oh, perfect. And the per first thing that popped up, Kirsten, was that you have bloom where you are planted. Mm. That's, that's on your advantage group place. And I was just like, that is, that is just it right there. I mean, that was it for me in a nutshell. It's, it's, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, all those things bloom where you are planted is just so it just, it releases all those, am I doing the right thing? Am I where I'm supposed to be? This isn't where I'm supposed to be. I have this idea that, you know, it, and so anyway, I'm going to hand it over to Kirsten to go forward. Yeah. I love that. And I totally mm -hmm. agree. Um, it is interesting. I think we're always being guided towards the direction we're meant to go, how the universe just provides us with opportunities to get there. Yeah. And I think that goes right in alignment with what you're talking about, Kristen. It's like, um, I don't know. I think the only work is just showing up, like just show up and then let it unfold. And it's interesting that you would touch on the real estate thing. Um, so you were a catalyst for something for me. And it was so funny last night, I came upstairs early, which I don't usually do. And I was kind of scrolling through Facebook and you and Roxanne, the interview that you did with Roxanne Swainheart came up. And I thought, isn't that so perfect? Because the two of you, and I'm sure that you remember this, but so you and Lee and I were all at Ina in Lee's house way back in the day. And you and Lee Jagger were getting ready to take a channel, channeling class with Roxanne. And I remember Lee and I were sitting on the couch and I go, yeah, I'm not really into that whole channeling thing, but I feel really inspired to take this class. Like, I think I'm, you were, there were only going to be three people and you were looking for your third. And I said, I think I could be the third. I don't know why, but I think I'm the third. So you and Lee checked in with Roxanne and she's like, yeah, have her come, you know, all good. Let's do this thing. And it was then that I realized I'm a medium. And that I can connect to, you know, dead people and talk about a door opening. Like it was amazing, amazing. And the feeling I had was there's so much more available to us that we're not even aware of, you know, like it was just like a doorway opened. And I thought, oh, here I am just doing my 3D thing. And you, it's interesting that you mentioned the real estate, you know, I have been selling in, in the real estate industry for over 20 years and own a brokerage with agents now. And it's very 3D. Um, and then the overlay though, is when all of these superpowers and other skills start to come online. Really navigating, okay, how do I honor the gifts and pay the bills and function? And you know, I, I think that's part of the human experience for all of us. And so isn't it interesting if that had, you had not been at Lee and Ina's, I, how long would it have been before I realized that I could connect to dead people? I mean, it, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, I, it would have been a while. 
Well, you know, and what I loved is I remember you go, you saying, well, God, you know, it's like, yeah, like you said, a whole other world opened up to you uh-huh. and, and you were kind of in the space of, well, which one do I do now? Right. And, and I was like, well, why can't you be a real estate medium? <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Why, so why can't you go it, ahead? No, exactly. No, no, no. That is the perfect, you were right on target with that. So life continues on. Like I realized, okay, I have this skill and then like it does, nothing stopped. I mean, everything just continued on. And part of what I do with my agents is I business plan with them. Like we coach and I have strong relationships with them. Um, I think in large part because of my skill set, you know, I, I like being close up and one-on-one with people. And I was business planning with one of my agents and she was a newer agent to me and like a really good producing agent, very engaged in her business. And, you know, when you don't, um, especially within that context, you don't expose yourself right away. Like you kind of float things out there to see like where, okay. I mean, your show is called Unmasked. So maybe you're not doing that anymore, but. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> do that, right. Where, yeah. you know, and you'll maybe mention uh, some Abraham or you'll, float a Bashar or, you know, you'll just kind of launch it out there to see if there's any traction. And sure enough, there was, and we just started dovetailing into this conversation where what she let me know was, um, she would energetically clear her listings. And then when buyers would buy houses, she would go in and energetically clear the houses that the buyers were going to move into. And I, of course, was like, amazed and in love with all of it. And I had no idea that she'd even been doing that. So we had been talking about selling our house in Carlsbad for a long, long time. And I said to her, you need to come and clear my house. And she goes, oh yeah, no problem. You know, I'd love to come. And I've had a lot of very um, interesting high vibe people coming in and out of that house. And the one thing that everybody had said is that it's very busy energetically. It's very busy. So I thought, okay, this this could take a while, you know, to clear this energy out. And I think it was um, a large part of how I have really been an open door spiritually and probably not that discerning where I, you know, I would kind of let it all rip in the house. And so Corinne comes to clear the house. It takes over two hours, like amazing. She uses fire and cauldrons and was like literally carrying stuff all around space to fit space to space and then getting information from about um, what energy was there, like very interesting process. And she gets to the front door and we're standing in our entryway and she goes, it's really weird. I cleared a house yesterday and I think I brought somebody home with me. And I go, okay, that's interesting. You did. And I could see him standing right behind her and he had killed himself and he was in exactly his state of death. And what ends up happening and frequently when people die tragically is they don't immediately cross over. You know, there's some hang time. Um, Well, there was hang time for him and he was kind of lingering still in this physical plane. And I had a conversation with him and got him and it literally, it presents differently for different energies, but like an escalator, like you see in the movies, um, of light opened up and then all of his people, you know, cause they're all up there having a party and waiting and there's no angst or judgment or any of it there at the end of the escalator waiting for him. And when he turned and saw that it was like his whole skin suit just dropped 
in his soul, the essence of him went up the escalator and he was gone. So I said to Kren, okay, he's gone. Everything's good. Like I almost needed to like step over the skin suit to like let her out the front door. <laughs> it was awesome. And what we realized is she could come in and clear a house, but if there's non-physical energy there, you're just displacing them. You know, you're just sending them to the neighbors or out onto the street. It's not, it's not like they're necessarily going where they're next where they should be going. I, that's a judgment, but where their next opportunity is. And so we started clearing houses together and have actually now built it into an energetic space clearing business. And aha. Uh -huh, oh yeah, my God. I'm serious. Um, it's called the clearing company. It's like a legitimate thing. Um, it was interesting when the pandemic happened because we had been doing it physically, like carrying in pots and both of us would show up and our skill sets um, are really different and super complimentary. She is definitely very into energy and is highly sensitive, but is into numerology. Like for example, people's street addresses, the combination of those numbers are frequency and it influences the vibe of the home. Oh, and so wow. like, it's so interesting. It, and it's fun. really never, um, I mean, I've been in the real estate industry for a long time. It really has never been addressed. And Kristen, you know that people walk into a house and they immediately know what it feels like. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, you don't yeah. have to be woo-woo or have any extra sensory. Well, we all have extra sensory. Yeah. Um, and so it's been such a huge opportunity to address that side of it. And what it's evolved into is our houses are direct reflections of our frequency. Yeah. But it's like a fish that swims in water. We have no conscious, very little conscious awareness of it. Right. Cause we're just in the water. Yeah. And so, um, it's been really powerful and it can be very therapeutic and cathartic, not just from the, let's get your home sold or let's clear it before you move in perspective. Um, but the opportunity it offers people to clear the slate of the space that they're in every day. And then we work with them on consciously intending what they want the space to feel like. Wow. Uh-huh. Who knows? How fun. Isn't that amazing? Well, you had said, you had said in this whole like bloom where you're planted is, isn't it amazing how when you just follow the breadcrumbs, what is unfolding for us? I mean, who would have thought that because, you know, Kren came as an agent and then I randomly said, come and clear my house, that there would be that series of events, those synchronicities. And it's super exciting. I mean, it makes the real estate very dull. <laughs> I mean, it, that part of it is, I love working with the agents. I love that connection, but the clearing stuff is, um, it's amazing. Yeah. That is, you know, and isn't it, I mean, I, I know that if I zoom out from my life and I look at my entire lifeline that's in my memory, those breadcrumb trails, it's, that's what it is. It, it, it's just one perfect unfolding divinely orchestrated event after another that led me to where I am right now. Yes. And, and whether 
I truly, you know, I, when I look at it from a space of, I really didn't have any control of this, <laughs> it, you know, that feels more real. That feels more real than, oh, you know, I segment intended and, and this is what happened. And yeah, you get little blips of that. But when you look at the whole, for me, <clears throat> life comes in and goes out all the time without my permission. You know, it's like I'm out for a walk this morning and there's this little bird. There's a car parked on the side of the road and there's this little bird attacking its reflection in the side mirror. <laughs> and it was so funny because I'm, I'm walking and I hear this little. And I'm like, what? What is that sound? Because it's just silent out there. And then finally, I see this bird and, you know, you know, attacking your reflection. I mean, I could go into the whole world of that. <laughs> That's a whole universe unto itself. Right. But, you know, and, and it, it's like, it was just so, it was so cool. And it was so otherwise, or I could just get a giggle out of this bird attack. I mean, full on, it was a very <laughs> aggressive attack. And then he'd sit back and you could see him huffing and puffing. And then he'd attack, 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 and then sit back and huff and puff. And it was just so comical to watch. But it's like, life is so full of all of that. Life is so full of all these amazing, amazing interactions that come in and go without my permission and to, to let go of the need to control it all. And instead just live, just go, Oh, that was a blast. I can't wait to see what's right. going to happen next. Right. Yeah. And I think of you all the time with the, well, what do I do? You know, am I, should I be a medium or should I be a real estate and how, where you are, you know, how it all came together in yeah. the most beautiful recipe that you never could have intended. It was, there was a whole nother world there that was like, well, what do I do? And yeah. it's like, don't just move over amateur. We got this. Let us take care of this. You, you just, per like you said, just show up and live, just yeah. show up and live and, and yeah. trust that driver, yeah. whoever that is. Yeah. I really agree with that. It's so interesting um, that balance between free will and let, like, I'll, I'll use, I'll use an example. Um, okay. So the bird is fighting with his reflection that doesn't even exist. Yes. And there's that whole, right. Like it's just, a, it's in his own mind that the enemy is there and then he's fighting this fake enemy. I mean, welcome to life. Such a good <laughs> metaphor, right? Um, <laughs> old school of thought that it's all a hologram anyway like it literally is just a reflection of whatever it is I'm imagining it to be very simply right yeah. um then there also is what you were just describing where um it's there are components that are faded and I don't know if the things that are faded f-a-t-e-d are a larger bucket and the free will is in the story that leads us to those things. Um, but I've been playing around a lot in my own mind with where the truth of it lies on that continuum. Like, are we really creatures of free will or did I come in to this lifetime with an agenda? And yeah. then I'm being guided imperceptibly towards my agenda. So my method was real estate and my my current method for using my skill set is clearing houses. But 
what if there are thousand uh, there are thousand different timelines a thousand different ways right yes that those could have I could have been a Starbucks barista just downloading awesome stuff for people as they came through yes and and I love I guess I love that there's both of that and there is this part of me that can really rest in the surrender of it because I know I am going in, you know, I'm drifting in the direction that I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I love that. Yeah. I want to share something with you. We have about this, but um, last April, so almost a year ago. So I have a daughter, Maddie, who's a junior at San Diego state. And then Dean uh, is 18. He's a senior in high school. Um, they were home because of COVID and we were watching a movie and Frank got up and walked to the kitchen sink and ended up having a seizure. And it came to pass. We found out a couple days later that he has glioblastoma. It's um, brain cancer. Yeah. Like a very aggressive. Okay. So you do, you know this. Yeah. You know of this. Okay. Oh no, no, no. I didn't know. I, 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 I did somehow, but not, not deeply. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Needless to say, he's 52. We're just busy living our lives and raising kids and, you know, thinking that we have free will, right, in our lives. And he didn't, when he had his seizure, he didn't lose consciousness. And, you know, Maddie and I were kind of looking at each other. It was so out of context. I wasn't sure if he was kidding. Like, it was one of those, like, what? Um, Dino had someone in his class that had seizures, and Dino knew it was real. And so uh, we jumped up and I led him back to the couch. And as I was rubbing his back, he said that he thought it was a stroke. And I, I was thinking to myself, oh, stroke, totally doable. We're fine. We've got this, you know, like stroke smoke of oh, fine. Um, at a deeper level, I was thinking, oh, okay, it's here. Like, I wasn't even surprised. Like I had the awareness that something would happen to him. Mm-hmm. I love this. Uh-huh. Like talk about faded. It felt faded. It literally was like, oh, okay, we're in it. And I'm rubbing his back thinking, hmm, okay, the moment has arrived. And it's weird because Maddie and I, my daughter and I went for a walk a month or so ago and she said the same thing. She said that she felt at a really deep level that something would happen to one of us and that when it happened to Frank, she wasn't, it wasn't a surprise to her either. And so I think about that, you know, I think I haven't had a lot of push against, even though obviously it's something that could be looked at as tragic. Um, immediately, I felt God, like in that first week, more intensely than I've ever felt that energy ever. Like God was in all the angels and all the non-physicals were all over us, like thunk just swooped in. And I could feel how potent that connection was. Uh, we weren't with him in the hospital, which was really, really hard because obviously COVID. Oh, God. He was dealing with all these blows alone. It was terrible. It was terrible. Excuse me. I say it was terrible, but he also, um, you, you're taken care of. You know, energetically, we are just taken care of always for whatever situation that we're in, even though oh. it's, it's tragic, we are. And so he, he doesn't even remember that week in the hospital as being really difficult. Like he, he felt very loved and really supported. Amazing. Um, so I am saying that because to, for two reasons, really, 
it's really interesting to play around with that whole faded part of life and just yes. being breathed and that we are being breathed and feeling like at a deeper level, we, Frank and I made an agreement prior to coming in that we would have this experience together and that it was for us, you know, for our soul's expansion. Um, it's not lost on me that I would have somebody like Frank on the other side um, with my, you know, this burgeoning skill set that I would bring him in to the show on that side and have that level of connection. Um, it gets interesting to think about where it will go and where my skills will go when I, when I feel that connection to him. Um, I don't know. I guess I just wanted to throw that out there because I think, I think the whole thing is really interesting. And well, the that's the bottom line. That's it right there. Happen. That's the yeah. bottom line. It's just interesting. Life is yeah. just so interesting because I love what you said. It's like, okay, is it fate or do we have control? Do we know? Is there, is it, is it fate or is there a premonition? Yeah. And as you're saying that I could see it just blend into it is, it just is, it is. And long time ago, uh, when you and I were interacting with mediumship, I had you reach out to Bob, that, that guy I had been working with forever. Yeah. And, and the one thing he said, which is you get what you expect. Cause I was saying there's no heaven or hell. And, and he yeah. was very Lutheran and I'm like, okay, so you're going to reach out to him and tell him, I told you so. And he, and he, he came to you with an image of the collar and, and, and the cross behind him. And he said, you get what you expect. And oh my God, to this day, to this day, that still follows me that I took with me because it's so in this now moment, you get what you expect. And in this very next now moment, you're going to have a whole new expectation. And it's just so, it's just that giant playground where there are yeah. no rules. There's no rules. And I love that this came up because this morning, I, um, I don't know if you still pay attention to Bashar at all. But a, a little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit here or there. But Bashar has the five rules or laws. Sorry, five laws, and um, and then of course we have law of attraction, law of gravity, all those things. And and my whole interaction this morning with myself was that yeah, you can play there all you want, but don't cage this god because there's no caging this god. And I was like, you know, because I, 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 a lot of the gurus I really respect are very much, oh no, those are five laws. They are laws. And it's like, yeah, but they're not because you take the law of gravity. Yeah. Very real. But nobody told the bumblebee, <laughs> nobody told the bumblebee about the law of gravity. Here's this big fat body and these little tiny wings and he flies just fine nobody told him that. And, and yeah. And it's just like, and one of Bashar's laws is, uh, uh, the only constant is change. And I said, that's true until you choose to play with the other side of the coin, which is unchanged. I can find unchanged everywhere. I can find a, I can find experiences that buck that law because I am, I, that's me. That's the God I am. And, and so it's like, you know, to, to play in laws is a great, is a great sandbox. That's fun, but you can play in any, 
any sandbox, any sandbox. And it's all so beautiful. And I love that you've, you weave together so yeah. much, so much fun just by allowing, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, when I first met you, whenever I go into a room of people, there are certain people, and you know this, there are certain people that light up. They just light up for you. They just caught your attention yeah. and you don't, yeah, you don't know why. And you for sure were one of those people. And it's just, you know, trying to figure out why is, uh, you know, you can do that until the cows come home. But, and so I love, I love everything you're saying because this is so, of course, synchronistic with how my morning's been and, you know, just going, I don't know what Kirsten and I are going to talk about. I got no idea. And it's been perfect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because I want to, I want to talk about what you were talking about, how it's just a wide open playing field and that yes. as a creator being, I get to create whatever that playing field looks like. There is this part of me through the Frank thing that does think we do live in a bucket and it doesn't have to be a limiting bucket, but that we do come in with themes and that those themes will be met in the life. They just will be met in the lifetime. Yeah. And so there's no sense in judging any of it, none of it. Like I look at what Frank is going through right now and it really bothers me. Well, I won't say it really bothers me. I think it's a, a misjudgment when people talk about dis-ease and that dis-ease is like a lack of ease and that something's gone wrong in the body and then it's caused this disease basically. Yeah. And obviously that's super upsetting to him because, um, it's such a metaphysical whip that we just beat ourselves up with that if we're not, what's being reflected back to us, isn't what we think we want, then somehow we've failed at this metaphysical, the whole yes. law track, right? So yes. then right enter brain cancer, like about as effed up as you could like, yeah, I mean, not, not a good thing. Uh, doesn't really ever go away. They, the only game really is abatement is just keeping it from growing. It's very unlike other cancers. Like it's a gnarly beast, right? Yeah. And so master Frank draws that to him and it's really, really hard to get into a conversation with him rightfully. So about, um, like attracting like, because what would be going on at that level that he would draw this to him, right? And, the, and yeah, you. so, and we just, it's such, it's violent. I mean, the way that we use that single, what we call a law against ourselves, basically, and then judge ourselves for what we create. And the irony is, is that up above that judgment is a neutral place where Frank drew an experience to him that is there for him, for yeah. his soul's expansion. Yes all of those like free, free, free from judgment or anything going wrong. I mean, I look at how many amazing, amazing people, um, will die or have died from COVID or, um, from cancer or pick, pick a thing that we die from. So death is part of our human experience. I mean, maybe there are some enlightened masters that have not died yet. Um, our soul never, our consciousness never dies, but our physical body so far it does. And I say that because, so why would we judge the vehicle? Like, why would we judge the method 
for experience when that is part of what our condition is currently. I think that that is a very human, very low level understanding of what happens in times of illness or disease or death. I, this is yeah. what, what I think. Um, I feel a little bit sad that we do that. And I, I can feel the sadness because it's really, really hard to look at that. And he will say to me emphatically, I did not create this. No, no. I did not create this. And I think, well, what if you did it prior to, what if this was a contract? You know, I use my yes. own human mind to try to justify, okay, how could something like this happen? Um, what if it's just what we're here for? What if yeah. it's just what we're here for? Or just, what if you, you did create it, but you created it from, because you figure your inner being or God or whatever you want to name it is unconditional love. And that means unconditional love of this. You know, what if there's a part of you that's going, this is the best experience ever. And you created it from that. Yes. And that's why, you know, uh, Yes, day before yesterday, I had the most amazing day of manifesting, you know, wonderful things. It started with um, somebody giving me something for free. And then I'm at work. And the first time in 11 years, a man asked me on a date and he asked me on a date by handing me a stranger. I don't even know who this person is. Hands me this huge thing, bouquet of roses. And in the middle of it was a sign, a little letter that said, Chris, I'd love to take you out to dinner. Call me. And and he practically ran out of the place <laughs> after handing me the roses, but we're having a date tonight. And, and then on the tails of that, I get the stimulus check money thing. And then right after that, I get this surprise. My girlfriend calls them nugget bombs and I've never received one from her. She just tells me the story of them and I receive a surprise in the mail and it's a nugget bomb and they're just beautiful little gifts. And it's not just a gift. She puts her own, amazingness in them and she weaves it together in this beautiful little like globe anyway and it's just and it, it was such a wonderful day and it's so tempting to sit there and go how did I manifest this what did I do where you know where's the cause and effect here and you know and and I was really digging through my morning of okay how did I vibrate properly to bring all that to me right and I could feel I didn't do a damn thing. I did nothing. And when I actually brought this question up uh, to a friend of mine, they def she definitely stepped into, oh, no, no, there's definitely cause and effect. You have to find the cause and effect. And I could feel how she went from soft and light to suddenly 3D hard. you got to find the cause and effect. Yeah. And it was just pure fear. And I went, Oh God, this is such a gift. All of this is such a gift. It's such a gift of aha, aha, and just yes. that expansion. And so I love what you said about, he's like, I didn't, this, this isn't a punishment. This isn't me vibrating wrong. Cause it's not, you're not possible. It's not possible. It is just yet another adventure. It's yeah. just an adventure. It's just knowing ourselves experientially, knowing the God that is who we are experientially more and more. And damn, this is a fun sandbox. And I agree with that completely. I mean, I remember Abraham saying, um, if you're not to your happy ending, it's because the story isn't over yet. Like don't <laughs> take score too soon. And it's so easy when things that we think are tragic or upsetting happen to think, oh, 
somehow we vibed wrong. Somehow we put something out there that caused that. So I want to go back to the day that you had and how all those things just unfolded and it was so effortless. And how cute is that? Like he handed you the roses and then ran like, like he likes you. He's like, I really hope you say yes. And now I'm scared and I'm out of here. I mean, it's so more of that. Like just that is yes. so freaking cute. I love that. I remember um, listening to an Abraham workshop live and having the awareness that creation doesn't happen in peak states. It happened. It can, it can yeah. happen in peak yeah. states, yeah. but sustainable, like Grand Canyon, like a river that would create like the Grand Canyon yeah. happens yeah. just above neutral. Like it's just in a soft opening where we just stay open and then we yeah. let life unfold. And I have a vis vision of it being like a little coin purse, like, you know, those like it's a square coin purse that if you press the sides, it makes a diamond shape and then you can get the coins out. It's like just applying just enough pressure to open that, you know, Abraham would say a valve, um, to open that and just let that energy flow. I, I have found that that is the most um, potent creative place is just above neutral where it's not, you know, this ah, where you're jumping off the walls or diving out yeah. of planes. Right. Yeah. It's so, it's, so it's a space of calm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think the key for me, and I've been working on this a lot is um, it's receptivity. You know, I think, and nice. I think you and I are like in this, that I've created a lot through very uh, masculine, very active energy and, you know, lying, like laying back and just opening my coin purse, like just trusting that I can be receptive has yeah. been um, hard, harder for me, for sure. I've had to more consciously like be in that place. I, I had something happen yesterday, very similar to you where, um, an agent that I have met four or five times. We've always had a great connection, like a darling guy. He's in his early seventies. Um, I think maybe late sixties, super, super awesome. Really loving, great agent. Um, called me, I was walking and I was listening to a podcast with Michael Beckwith, you know, from Agape in LA. And he was talking about surrender and how important it is to surrender because receptivity yeah. for me is equal to surrender. Yeah. And I was just dropping into that place where I was like, gosh, what if I just let go of it all? Like, what if I really just said, I don't have control over any of this. And you know, that song, Jesus take the wheel, like literally, like I just let go of the wheel and just let it go. This life go where it's going to go. And I had not been there for probably two minutes, like in that place. I just dipped in there and Jeff called, this agent called. And he goes, you know, I read on Facebook about what happened with your husband. I am so sorry. It's taken me so long to reach out. I want to know if you need anything. Um, does he need rides anywhere? Does, do you guys need meals? Like this is someone who is not even in a circle of mine. Like he is like outer, outer edge, right? And then about 10 minutes into the conversation, he goes, so how are you guys doing financially? And I was like, oh, that is so sweet of you to ask. Because the reason he was asking was that if I had said we, I needed help, he would have, he was saying to me, he would have stepped up. 
yeah. Right. And I was like, I wasn't even surrendered for two minutes when my freaking phone rang. And here is this guy that I've had a sweet connection to, but barely know who is stepping in. He was so legitimately stepping in. And I said, I am so in love with this and that you asked and, you know, thankfully we're good. Like everything is very solid and we're fine, totally taken care of. And I knew that if my answer had been different, his response would have been different also. And I hung up the phone with him and I was like, how much evidence do I need that I can let go? Like yeah, I can just, and you're taken care of. Yes. Yeah. And we never know when the phone will ring or where it will come from or, and it's like, Kristen, I, I want that. Like, I want to live in that way where I know it is unfolding for my, for my benefit, even yeah. in the midst of what we're going through, you know, and I know that, um, it will be really difficult. You know, I think the human part of me that is, you know, Frank has been, um, uh, so foundational for me. Like we yeah. do a lot of stuff separately. We have really like full lives apart from each other, but knowing that he's in the world has, uh, help me become who I am, like take yes. the risks and the chances and pursue opportunities and do the things that I've done because Frankie is riding shotgun, even if he's not there physically. So I want to remember that I just said that, and I want to cultivate that awareness that he's still there, even if he's not there physically. Yeah. So then we're going to loop back around whenever someday in the future. And I want to know, I want that to be part of what I get from this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, I, um, I love that you said that because my dog who you met that one time yes. when I was yes. at Lee's and stuff, Yes, you know, she, oh my God, what her and I've been through just the entire 13 years I had her. Um, but this last 2020 in, um, 2020, God, what a year. It was such an amazing year. I mean, talk about the year of birthing, like, like violent birthing, but I, in July, I got rid of 98% of my belongings. I was still up in big bear area. Um, all of a sudden my jobs all shut down. The house I was living in was shutting down, was being taken away from me. Everything, all the doors were closing, right. All around me. And I'm like, what? what? Okay. I've been here before. I know how this goes. And I ended up one morning, just woke up and it was like, you're getting rid of everything you own. You're getting on the road and you're going this. And, and there wasn't like the, maybe I'll do this. It was, that's the only door that was open and there were no other doors. And I could seriously feel like there's no other option. This is what you're going to do. So got rid of everything I owned except for my tent and my sleeping bag and, and my car and my dog. And I got in my car and we took off. I didn't know where I was going. I just knew I was going to go be a nomad for a while. And I ended up doing eight states in 30 days, seeing all these amazing, uh, you know, national parks and meeting the most amazing people and just having just, you know, that dream, that dream. And through it all, she's with me. She's with me through the whole thing, having that experience, having that experience. And when you have an animal or anybody in your life, you do have those times of, 
who would I be if I lost this person? Or what's it going to be like when I have to put this down? And you can feel that, ooh, you know, that whole drawing away. And um, so come long story short, I'm back in California. I'm living with my cousin and my dog. She's just, she's now, you know, almost 17 and she's, she's still vibrant. She's still full of life, still, you know, happy, but she's not herself. She's just not the chasing lizards. She's having a hard time getting up and down uh, the stairs. She falls. Um, and I could feel it approaching. I could feel that time coming of it's time to let her go. It's time to let her go. And I was in more of a neutral space. And then all of a sudden here comes that same thing when I, there was only one door open and it was like, it's time, it's time to let her go. And I felt excited. I felt, I went into it going, I'm, I'm not going to feel grief. I don't want to feel grief this time around. I want to feel something new. I want to feel some new thing. And she's the co-creator of this with me. And it was the excitement. And part of me needed the excitement of not having to drag my dog around with me anymore, not having to figure out how am I going to feed her because her stomach's not handling things, worrying, did she fall down the stairs again? You know, part of me was going into that. But I was also in the space of realizing that she was saying it's time and giving me that permission, you know? So it's hard to explain. It's really hard to explain because it was all happening inside in feelings. Um, but I could see she wasn't worried. She wasn't scared. She was fine. And the day I, I was putting her down, I took her to a park. We were having, you know, just a walk. It, was, it wasn't a grand time or sad time. It was neutral. It was that neutral space. And when I took her and I took her from the park to the vet and um, let her go. And it, it just wasn't an experience with death from a whole nother perspective. And it was that perspective of neutral of, of, yeah, I'm, I physically, I can't see you anymore, but I still know you're there. I still know you're there just in a way I can't see. And, um, a couple weeks later, I was driving through the desert and I could feel, actually, I smelled her. And I'm like, of all things, why do you have to bring in the smell of one of your farts? You know, it's like, <laughs> really, really? And I'm like, dog fart, really? And I said, how about showing me, you know, something a little bit more of who you are right now? I want to know who you are. And on my left, across the expanse of the whole desert, a rainbow. It just started. It started. It started. And it went. And I'm just sitting here going, I probably should be watching the road, but oh my God. I was like, you are such a show off. <laughs> you know, and it, it was just such a wondrous experience. And knowing that there's another option to how we get to interact with, with energy, with life. It, yeah. it, it's such an amazing, and it's yeah. not that I'm gonna go into all deaths this way. You know, my grandson could die and I'm going to, and I'm going to interact with it a completely different way. I don't know. I just know that all these things just showed up. I may have had an expectation of how I was going to do it. And then it was like, surprise, <laughs> no, you're going to have a different interaction. And it was, it was amazing. It was just, life is just, I, I love the ride that is life. And, um, I wanted to go back for a second. I've been doing all the talking and I'm sure you have. Go, I, go, I, go. I want to stop you just for one second. So who is, um, 
so there's a gentleman, he's an older gentleman, he's crossed over, he has like a collared shirt on, it's got stripes and where they wear like an undershirt underneath it and kind of like a big belly and he wears his belt real high and they're almost like floods with white socks with black shoes. Like, do you, do you That's know? Bob. It's, it's Bob. Bob. I knew it's it was Bob. Bob. It's Bob. So she's totally with Bob. Uh, and that is so funny. And she's with him in very much the same capacity she was with you, like very solid companionship. And the interesting thing is, is he had a need for it. Like he, she's there in service to him. Like they're not just like little friends, like she's providing something for him. Like that level of support. I think that you felt from her. Yeah. Um, because she's a service dog and she is totally with Bob. He's she, so funny. Yeah. You know, she is, sir. She was service dog. She was, I, oh. yeah. Yeah. I spent $7,000 getting her license service. Oh, dog. I, I had no idea. Yeah. 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 Not therapy service. Yeah. Yeah. She's service so dog. She, yeah. So she is totally, um, they are. Oh, I love that. Sweet, that feels so good. Really in service to him there. Oh, how fun. See what I mean? Okay. I love that you said this because I had, when I was up in Big Bear, I had a lot of interactions with suicide, very, very big. And um, I did have one moment where I woke up one morning and I was like, this is it. I'm done. I'm done. And I made sure that the door was open so my cat could get out and be safe. And I was like, telling my dog, you're coming with me because I can't leave you. And I went to a cliff that I, you know, cause up in big bear, there's lots of roads where you just go right off. No problem. And you're good to go. You're not going to suffer. You'll, you'll be dead. And I had this planned out for a while. I was like, well, if I choose to go this route, that's the route I'm going right. to go. That'll be nice and easy. It'll be over with. And it was so amazing because it was probably about four o'clock in the morning. I knew there'd be nobody out there to stop me. And I get out there onto this, it's called the Arctic circles, this road. And I get on the side of it and I just stopped and I, I pulled over and I stood up on this rock looking at the one area where I was going to go. And I'm like, okay. And so my experience was I went to go. And the next thing I know, I'm parked about a mile down on the side of the road going, no, I don't think it's going to happen this time. I don't know what happened in between there, but I have, as I'm parked on the side of the road further down, I'm in the middle of this grand, enormous, amazing epiphany that that was death. And that's what death is for all of us. And, and right as I'm thinking this, here comes Bob with the, you get what you expect. And I sat in going, okay, well, what did I expect? And he's like, go deeper, go deeper. What did you really expect? And I'm going through all the, all the stories that have come to me over the years of heaven and hell and this and that. And I'm like, and I could feel this deeper, deeper part of me going, that wasn't what you expected. That wasn't what you expected. And I brought this memory to me of when I had been surfing once and I got caught in the middle of, of a horrific storm situation, lost my board, enormous waves, one after another, pounding me down. And this last wave coming and me going, okay, this is it. I, I was too exhausted to even take a breath. I just was, all I could do was do this. And the next thing I know, there's a surfer there when there was nobody around me, there's a surfer there going, do you need some help? 
uh, that wave had hit me, knocked me down. And next thing I know is I'm back up and here's a surfer going, do you need some help? And me going, yeah, <laughs> yes. And him going, grab my leash. I'll pull you in. And I'm like, I can't, I, I don't even have the strength to grab your leash. And he wrapped it around me and here's comes the waves. And he's like, come on, hold on. We're going to go. And he gets me in and I'm remembering. And in my mind, I'm like, that's death. That's death. You just move from one space to another. It's you continue to live. You continue to live how is right for you. So I love that you say she's still a service dog and that she's helping Bob with the socks yeah. and the, the high pants and all of that. That's how because yes, yeah, he's still living. He's still living. He's still living another life. I'm, we may not be interacting, but you think of all the people that are living on the other side of the world that you've never interacted with. And it, it, there's so many realities. There's so many earths, you know, like Bashar says, there's just billions and billions of earths and that you just, and you know, you may have gotten hit by a bus, but in that moment, you're like, well, I wasn't really done. Can I go back and not step out in front of the bus this time? And I'm just going to continue on that life or, you know, you, whatever, but that's it, it. It's so, and so I always tell people, I don't believe in that. We don't die. That's what I'm experiencing. We don't die in the way that I used to experience it before, which was, you know, spirits and all of that. Now it's more solid. It's more going on to another life. But I know it's all of it. I know that it's just like life is billions and billions of different looking at it from different perspectives and interactions. So is death. And it's just like, wow. Yeah, I really love that. I really am taking to heart what you just said, that you were in two instances, you were, you know, up at the top of the mountain and you were thinking, okay, this is the moment. And then suddenly you were a mile down the mountain going, now I don't think this is the time. You didn't know what had happened in between. And that awareness that you had, that that is what death is, that it literally is physical body, no physical body, but same consciousness. Yes. Right. Like you, yes. you, that is you, the you that animates like the experience I had in my hallway with Corinne, when I could see the guy that had just killed himself um, and his skin suit fell, he still existed. He just didn't have, you know, he didn't have the casing, the housing anymore. And I really love that. I really love that. And I think about that for Frank. Um, Yes, I, I believe that. I want to set that as my expectation and that his pure frankness is here and then it's still here. Just yes. that physical body. Yeah, that physical body is gone. I heard this um, thing once and I also really took it to heart that when, if you were to have driven over the cliff and you were in the process of dying, that our souls jettison. Like our souls leave. We don't wait for oh, the Oh yeah, impact. there would like have been no... Yeah. We, we don't like literally we have the soul level awareness. Okay. This is the moment. And then we're gone. Yeah. So when people die and they're difficult or tragic deaths, I love knowing that, that it's not like we think of them going through that physical experience that they're yeah. already gone. Like the yeah. thing that makes them then them has already gone to wherever it's going to go. Well, it's like, you know, Frank being in the hospital for those days. And the only person who was really suffering was you guys thinking he was suffering being alive. Right. 
Yeah. And Isn't he's like, that I don't so remember. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like me with that cliff. I don't remember. There was no suffering. Yeah. And it, it, there's a, such a whole wide world there of, of wow, you know, what's down there. I know. And I, yeah, it's, it's so, I love, I, I love it all. Well, and you know, what is down there is we are so taken care of. Like we really yes. are set up to win. And so with the week that Frank was in the hospital alone, we had gotten him an iPad and everybody was giving us all these recommendations for how we could connect to him. And as news was delivered, you know, especially when they were going to let him know that it was terminal, you know, stage four, this aggressive type of cancer. Um, I said to the nurse, can you make sure I want to be there with him when that happens? And so about, I don't know, 10 minutes before that whole thing was supposed to happen, the doctor came out into the hallway to talk to me while well, the doctor was talking too loud and Frank heard everything the doctor said. So the way that Frank found out his condition was overhearing the doctor talking to me in the hallway, like the most non-kind, you know, just like the shittiest way to find out you have this thing. So the nurse comes in and he was obviously very upset and really shaken by the news. I didn't know any of this was happening until hours later. I did not know that he even knew. And so the interesting thing is he doesn't remember any of that. Like he doesn't, you know, I was almost overwrought. Like that cannot be the way that he found this out. Like that is, that's too hideous. That is just not a good way to, you know, for him to find out. And the irony is there is some cushion there. There's something that happens like when Frank was diagnosed and I said, I felt God all over it, or you're at the top of the cliff and then you're safely a mile down or the surfer magically rolls over and says, okay, you need help. I mean, I think that's the point to all of this. This conversation today is that we are totally provided for that. We really are taken care of and that surrender is safe like opening our coin purses that we it's safe for us to be in that soft, receptive knowing, even when there's a lot of unknown and it looks different than we thought we wished it would. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The most powerful creation is that soft, open, receptive. Yeah. It's that surrender. That surrender is everything that, because when you interact with suicide, there is a moment where you're in pure surrender. You've let go of all your resistance because it's over. It's done. You're done. You don't have to worry about money anymore. You don't have to be afraid of death. You don't have to be afraid of anything. You're in pure let go. There is that moment when you're right up against that. And it, you know, whoosh, here comes the, the, the change, the continue on of, life. Here comes, I had a young lady who, when I was doing all the channeling and all that, she had taken a bus to, she just trusted all the guidance that just follow your joy. So her joy was to spend every cent she had and take a bus to Florida. And when she got to Florida, she knew there'd be breadcrumbs to take care of her. Well, she gets to Florida, she gets off the bus And I don't know where I am. I don't know anybody here. I'm in a completely strange place. What do I do? And she starts having anxiety attack. So she goes into the bus terminal and she sits there and and she's just waiting for her her angels to swoop in and save her. And it's not happening how she's imagining it's supposed to happen. 
So she goes to an ATM. She knows she's got no money, but she goes to the ATM and swipes it and it's insufficient funds. She just tries to get 20 bucks so she can have food, insufficient funds, insufficient funds, insufficient funds. So she decides she's going to kill herself. So she goes into the bus terminal's bathroom, waits till the bus terminal closes down, has a plastic bag, puts it over her head. She's got it here. And, you know, she's just, she, she said in that moment, she just let go. She's like, I'm done. I'm not worried about the money anymore. No more insufficient funds. I'm not worried about starving. I'm not worried about all these things that could happen that aren't happening, but could happen. Let it all go. And just as she let all that go, she felt this, go try your ATM one more time. Just go try it one more time. She went to the ATM and the ATMs you, at that time, you could only get $200 out. And she just kept feeling 300, 300, swipe the card, typed in 300, poop, out comes $300. And she was able to buy a bus ticket, get back home where she felt safe. And that's when she reached out to me and went, why did this happen? I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute, back up to that poof, $300, <laughs> you know, and it's, that's exactly what happened to me on my little jaunt around the United States. I got to a space of insufficient funds, insufficient funds. I was in a complete panic space. I'd had an anxiety attack, was puking. And the next thing I know, a thousand dollars landed in my lap and I was able to run back home where I felt safe, where I felt taken care of. And then life continued on. And it's just, you know, one thing I find is what you say. The, the, the universe has always got our back. Yeah. It's always got our back. Even when we're in our most freaked out, non-surrender yeah. aspect of ourselves, the universe has always got us. And why, oh, you universe, you know, it, 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 it is. And you said it a minute ago, we are so set up to win. In fact, that's going to be the title. <laughs> I immediately grabbed my pen. I was like, write that down. <laughs> that was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, at all times we are so, and it's just life comes in and goes out without our permission. The, 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 the cancer, all these things, but it is set up. All of it is set up for us to win, 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 win. Yeah. I'm really, really feeling that. And the, you know, the key piece in both of your stories was that moment of surrender, just letting go. Yeah. Yeah. With trying to control it all. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, I'm just going to turn it over. Yeah. There, I love, there is that. I was doing a podcast with Sherilyn about a couple podcasts ago. And we were talking about being able to change our realities and everything. And I was saying, you know, there's, I can close my eyes and I could be listening to a, 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 a little babbling brook and I can imagine that I'm there and it can get very palpably real. You know, it could get very palpably real, but there is that deeper, deeper part of me that knows no matter how much I play that knows when I open my eyes, I'm going to be right here. And I'm almost feeling like that's what's calling me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what's calling me. There's the play And there's, like you said, the fate and there's all of that. And underneath all of that, there is, there's this part of us that never, well, everything comes and goes, everything, our thoughts, our our experiences, relationships, our, our moods, everything comes and goes, but there's that one part of us that never goes. Mm -hmm. That's you. 
It's you. Mm-hmm. And is that calling us to pay more attention here, right here? And it's, Roxanne calls it the isness of the now. Um, her, her and her fancy words. <laughs> I'm like, Roxanne, talk English. Uh, <laughs> Objectivity and subjectivity, and I'm like, nah, my brain. No, I know. Um, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Um, but yeah, but, but you're you're on something really important right now, like right on it. And so the idea is, there is that uh, part of you that exists always, that never dies, like that is underneath all the layers, that kernel of you, and it is what is present like it's here in this moment and so the doorway the pathway to all of it like everything that we imagine and that we think we want that is where the opening to all of that is it's like bringing it right back to that present version of you and then when we sprinkle a little surrender on that where we just trust that we are cared for that we are loved um, I just, I just think that there's really not, I think it's a shortcut. First of all, I think it's the quickest way to manifest the quickest way to create in that soft, open place. Yeah. I do get the idea. Maybe this is my human ego part that we can sprinkle little intentions in from that place, but maybe not, maybe that's muddying the water. I mean, maybe the idea is God or the universe knows because it's faded knows exactly the direction that we're heading. And the more that I just let go and show up and be kind and open um, and take action when I'm inspired, I really like that also. It's so soft though. And when I feel the energy of it, it's really low in my body. Like it's really grounded. Like it's not a head thing at all. It doesn't even feel like a heart thing. For me, it's even lower. It's like just being rooted. My God, blooming where you're planted. And where we started, right? Yes, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that yes. oh, and it really, I love because uh, you know Roxanne talks about it as unconditional, and it it, it is as close to it is. It's just pure unconditionalness. You know, there it, it it can be everything and nothing. It can be whatever we need it to be because it is pure unconditional. It it's just there's no conditions to it. And so it's, if we need definitions and want to sprinkle this and that on it, oh, perfect. And if we want it just to be an open space of pure surrender, like you're sitting underwater and it's just quiet and there's nothing there. It's just, just still and beautiful and, and just quiet. It can be that too. Yeah. I really love that. I want to comment on something. And I think this is one of your biggest strengths. And you've mentioned it a couple times since we've been talking that um, questioning the status quo, questioning the belief that will immediately come in, like the container that that situation lives in and asking, is that really true? Is yeah. that really true? And you, you know, you were talking about um, there being the opposite side of the coin. Like there always is. I mean, we, we live in duality in this dimension, right? There are, yeah. it is polarized. Um, I think it gets super, super interesting when you stop being spoon fed and you start to get a little glimpse 
that there could be an alternative, that there could be another version or another reality or another truth. And you sense something about that, like a truth that is as equally true Mm -hmm. as what we're looking at right now that we think is true. And it's the exact opposite. Yeah. Well, what's the other side of the coin of duality? Non-duality. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, (laughs) well, it's so funny. We talk about how we live in a world of infinite possibilities and it's like, okay, that means that I am infinite possibility. So there, I can't possibly be caged. There's no, I can play in the cage. I can play there. But in the next other side of the coin of that is wide open. And it, it's all there. It's all there for us to play in. And it, 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 there is that, those times where I really need the parameters. I need the frame. I need that blanket wrapped around me. I need it. And then in the next moment, you know, throw that blanket off. And the thing is, is like I said a minute ago, no matter what sandbox I'm playing in, I always come back to me. It's that me that was there when I was 30. It's that me that was there when I was 20. That me that didn't need to be born. That me that isn't mature or immature. I always come back to her. And I, I could be in the middle of the grandest epiphany and the most amazing, you know, otherworldly experience. And I always come back to me. I always come back to me. And it, it as, you know, and when I, the more I try and grasp and find out who me is, yeah, the more she slips through my fingers. <laughs> Cause yeah, you know, it's just like, like Roxanne said, the isness of the now it is, it is the real now, not the now that we can grasp because right. that's already gone. Right. That's already the path. I think yeah. that is such spiritual maturation. What you're describing right now, when, you know, having that real realization that we that part of us never dies and it's like the ongoing font of all abundance is i i've been playing around with that a lot you know with what i've been with frank that um i i never that part of me never dies like Mm -hmm. i will always be there for myself in that way regardless of who the physical players are right yeah yeah and I don't know. I'm feel. I'm really feeling what you're saying. I've been. I've been having a real experience of that also because it begins and ends there. Yeah. With that version, that part of me, and once I connect to that, you know, I connect to her. Then I know that I really am completely safe. Like yeah. that nothing can go wrong. And that is, I think, for all of us in this human experience, really important for us to know that. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Go us. I know, right? That was so this, fun. I know. This is why I love talking to you. I have very strongly the whole intention of this podcast is to was to put out the intention to draw to me visionaries, people who are flexible, you know, who who are solid in 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 who what they're playing with right now but are flexible enough to go, wow, that's an amazing perspective, including myself, you know, to be able, not, not, not the, this is right. And this is wrong, but to go, wow, that was such a cool, I, you know, just to expand together with to building block with, you know, and I love that, you know, I called you and I was like, 
I have no idea what curse you're going to talk about. I know. And it, it was the, oh my God, it's been way past an hour. And I'm just like going, that was the best time ever. Yeah. Yeah. I really loved that. And the reason it works, Kristen, is how open you are. And that there was no agenda. And when I got on, I was like, what are we going to talk about? And you're like, whatever, we're going to talk about whatever happens. I mean, that is surrender. That is yeah. you embodying, like, exemplifying what surrender looks like. Oh, my God. Look how we just, just keep coming back around. <laughs> I love it. I'm really Thank happy you. for you. Uh, really I, am, I give Frank the biggest hug for me. I am so... I love what you all are creating together. I, I really love, and I can't wait to see when you get on the other side and then yeah. the other side and the other side to hear, to hear the, you know, we, we can so go into situations from the polarity and then we can also go into it from non-duality and it's just so exciting. And I truly believe we are, it's, you know how you always have an octave up, you know, you, you kind of, if you've ever played piano, you, you know, you start down here and you've got, you know, C, D, E, F, G, and then you start over again, C, D, E, F, G, and it just keeps going up an octave. Mm. I think that's what our lives are. We never repeat things. We're just keep going up an octave and getting bigger wow. and bigger and bigger. And so I can't wait that to was hear. really good. I was really good. Yes. <laughs> Oh. Oh. <laughs> yes, I totally, I totally agree. I know that there's like a whole spiral theory and it's that same thing that it feels like we're meeting something that's similar, but we're meeting it at a higher level. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I can definitely feel that. Yay. Oh, I don't want to let you go, but I got to, <laughs> I'm going to go play with my grandbaby now. Oh my gosh. We're going to play on the beach. Oh, that's. <laughs> so fun I'm so happy for you thank you thank me you. too yeah and oh my gosh if you ever need just a chat about this you. because you're going through something with Frank or whatever reach out to me please please thank you. Yeah. yeah I love that definitely thank you so much you are so welcome <laughs> I absolutely adore you honey thank you yeah, for right being here yes thanks for having me all right I'm gonna I'll let you go you now soon. okay take care Bye. Bye.